Well, welcome back. Everyone knows everything. Here with Mandy and Michelle. <laughs> so we have um, an exciting in-person event coming up relatively soon. It's hard to believe March is halfway over. <laughs> so here we yeah, are. Here I am with the spring basket story. That's yes. unbelievable. <laughs> That's okay. right. Spring is almost here. Looking out the window at all these birds in the trees across the street. Oh my gosh. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just a beautiful, I wish everyone could see it's this spring. Beautiful show. There's, I can see the bright cardinal just yeah. sitting there. Yeah. So many visitors yes, <laughs> while we absolutely. record. Yeah. And it's lovely to think, you know, especially as spring is emerging and folks are sort of coming mm-hmm. out of their holes, <laughs> their caves, you know, the thought of connecting in person, yeah. of having that yeah. space to be yeah. together with one of our, um, with our special guest we've had on the podcast before, mm-hmm. Titiana Wells. She'll be joining us. So take note, families, all are welcome on April 9th at Mama's Hip Family Cooperative, which is on Bardstown Road, 1559 Bardstown Road. We'll post all of this on our Facebook page for folks who are connected there. But for folks who aren't, I wanted to share where it's going to happen. April 9th from 530 to 730, we're going to have Titiana there to read from her works. Not only does she have, as you may have heard in a previous episode, a a slew of beautiful children's books. She's also soon to release a a volume for young adults Mm -hmm. um, of poetry and prose, I believe. So she'll be releasing that soon. And she was saying that she may bring that to share for the Mm -hmm. evening, which, so it's sure to be. I can't wait to hear it. (laughs) I know. Oh, I can't either. It's sure to be just such a rich time. We'll have light refreshments and folks are welcome to bring the whole family to listen to some stories and see her books in person and see her in person. See us in person. Thank you. You know? Yeah. <laughs> we'll be there we too. We are worth it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Come to see us. That's in right. Person. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, Mandy, too, I wanted to mention that Titiana has one book that's not as well known, mm. but it is a book she's published and it's available on her website about her own experience um, with loss and parenting. Oh, yes. And I think um, that's something worth looking at, too. Um, deeply yeah. personal, obviously. So I, I don't want to say much more than that because I would only like her to speak for herself about it. But if you go to her website, Honey Tree Publishing, yes. that book is also there. And it may speak to someone out there. Thank you so much yeah. for mentioning that. So, but I would love for Titiana to be the one who speaks more to that. Yes. Of course. No, thank you. Really, to get the best preview, and hopefully we'll be posting this on our Facebook page and Mm -hmm. we'll create a Facebook event, but going to her website, you can see the list of her books Mm -hmm. and what she'll have there. So thank you for mentioning. Yeah, there may be somebody out there that that resonates with. Yes. So just thought I'd mention it. Absolutely. Thank you. And did you want to talk about her we know she we should be congratulating her. Yes. So <laughs> she just finished presenting her dissertation proposal, Dr. Wells. Yes. <laughs> the soon to be Dr. Yeah. Wells and she yeah. was 
the what's the right word? It was approved. She passed. She passed. It was accepted. <laughs> it was accepted. Do, yeah. Oh, it's so, just amazing. Yeah. What she's a journey. She's out there just, you know, mm-hmm. being a regular, awesome <laughs> inspiration. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Angelic inspiration, really. Yes. So congratulations, Titiana. And thank you so much for lending your time and energy and presence coming up April 9th. I'm excited. Can yeah. you tell? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, everybody I, come. <laughs> I'm always excited whenever she's in my space. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And her dissertation is our topic tonight. Yes. So, so, so fascinating. That? Yeah. And it's, it's just <laughs> so exciting because I know this will resonate with so many folks who I know have been listening and I'm sure it'll um, just be rich fodder for all of us. But <laughs> she's exploring yeah. the history of black homeschooling, mm-hmm. of black folks homeschooling and We've been talking about, Michelle and I, just that kind of approach to education and, um, and living life with your children. And it resonates with me in particular, though I'm a white person, I was also homeschooled Yay. for most of my life, <laughs> I know. My siblings and I, my two um, siblings and I were homeschooled um, mm. for the better part of grade school and through high school Mm -hmm. till college. So um, it really touches my heart. um, And I'm excited to hear her research and what she uncovers for that. Yeah, because that that homeschooling movement here in Louisville among black families has gotten very sturdy and strong. Absolutely. Yes, between the Mazizi Co-op and the Butterfly School... Um, play cousins. I know those are some local groups and schools who are facilitating mm-hmm. homeschooling for families of color, specifically black families. So I'm eager to hear just Me watch too. <laughs> what comes up. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And I um, there's another um, home homeschool run um, by black families for black children that I follow actually on Facebook. Um, so I I'm going. I've invited them. To come. Wonderful. So hopefully that connection can also be made, and I will follow up on our Facebook page and get some information about them as well. So um, it's wonderful to make those specific connections and understand. But also, um, just so everybody out there listening knows, if Mandy hadn't been homeschooled, I wouldn't know her. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh, that's so true. Yeah, her mama bear, who gosh. is the amazing Laura Zoller, oh my goodness. And of course, Papa Bear's awesome too. Oh yeah. But Mama Bear... She was the one who she was, was the, the one who, yep. primary educator in terms of homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. She shouldered that um, in such a gracious and loving way. And especially now as a parent myself, <laughs> I can look back with... Far deeper and greater reverence mm-hmm. and respect and gratitude. I can feel the reverberations from that choice to this day, including mm-hmm. this connection, as Michelle says, because mm-hmm. in high school, I think, yep. that's when yep. she, she called. connected us. And she was had been homeschooling, you guys. And what was going to be a five, ten-minute conversation became over an hour long. And it was because of her incredible insights and wisdom in the choices she made on your behalf. Yes. Um, so I hope she listens to this podcast and hears that and can really take that in because 
Yes. Dun, da, da, dun. <laughs> yeah, myth busting about homeschooling. Heck yeah. Yeah. So, Mandy, when I met you guys, I remember you, Kristen and Justin, telling me a lot about what it was like to be homeschooled. Yes. Absolutely. And versus or alongside Mm -hmm. a lot of conceptions about what it means to homeschool. How do you homeschool? Yes. Who homeschools their children? Right. Um, And just how do you grapple with and what's it really like being homeschooled? I think that's what uh, people really itch to know that. Like, what's it? Okay, we get the idea of it, but do you sit around in your pajamas all day? You know, is it all donuts and hot chocolates in the winter? (laughs) Exactly. TV. Yeah. Exactly. Like, what's really happening here? So, you know, we thought we'd kind of pop that bubble a little bit, and you know, while of course. There is many experiences of homeschooling as there are people who have been homeschooled. I want to acknowledge that. (laughs) Um, And while, like I just said, I'm eager to learn more about the various histories of homeschooling, Mm -hmm. especially in our area, um, I find that there are a lot of stereotypes about sort of, um, especially the social aspects. Um, The idea that, you know, you're not in a group context for learning. Now, I had a slightly different experience in that I had two siblings, so it was a small group. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was brother and sister, but still not not the 30 kids to a class sort of a thing or Mm -hmm. a dozen kids to a class. And um, I think that what I can say from my experience is that Mm -hmm. that was not the reason my -hmm. parents chose to homeschool me Mm -hmm. is to create a, a... uh, separateness from other social circles or social mm-hmm. opportunities. Mm-hmm. They were interested in kind of offering a more free-flowing opportunity for learning. They weren't interested in the word that a lot of folks use. is like, well, did you feel sheltered? Did you feel mm. removed from mm. sort of the normal, in quotation marks, mm-hmm. experiences young people have? Mm. And I feel the total opposite. I feel like I had those experiences and Mm -hmm. so much more because their intention was to continue to create opportunities for me to connect Mm -hmm. with other people and to really have that. Um, While I did have so many chances to socialize and, you know, go to dances, (laughs) you know, do all those silly fun things, you know, that are, that can be so meaningful and important when you're Mm -hmm. 14 or 15, Mm -hmm. it's important to be able to go to the dance sometimes. Um, also, just the chance to um, cultivate relationships I, I maybe could have never cultivated mm. if I had been in a traditional schooling huh. environment. Yeah. And the relationship, interesting, we talked about siblings last week. Yes. And then, you know, we're going to follow up before we sign off with Cassie's wanting to continue that conversation, which we love. Yes. Um, so we will get there, Cassie. <laughs> but, um, interesting to me to listen to you talk about the social aspect and then also thinking about siblings yeah and being as you mentioned unlike maybe some children who are homes in a homeschooled um, setting where there are multiple families involved or perhaps just alone with the parent or you know any number maybe younger siblings but 
in your case, it, you guys are close enough in age that they were really your peers. Yes, for and sure. So they really did represent what we talked about last week that siblings really are. Yes. <laughs> you know, they're the way you learn about other human beings. Absolutely. And so that comes to mind as I listen to you. Yes. That, that sort of being an interesting play off of our conversations about siblings. No, that's interesting. Yeah. And I do feel we had some, we had lots of different chances to take special classes or Mm -hmm. at different offerings to connect Mm -hmm. with students. And I think that's another level of myth busting for me. Mm -hmm. I hear folks often say, Mm -hmm. for example, I don't think I could ever homeschool my kids because Mm -hmm. X, Y, Z, not just on a practical level, but Mm -hmm. what I hear is sort Mm -hmm. of a, I don't feel capable in their comments. I feel a sense of mm-hmm. folks saying, I don't feel like mm-hmm. I know enough or sure. I, you know, absolutely. Have... And yeah. And I think that's why we see these little cottage schools form. Exactly. Because there are people with expertise for sure um, that can provide different expertise based on the interests of the students, the knowledge, the skill levels, all those things. But it's much more intentional. Adults are placed much more intentionally in those situations than they are at public school or private school. Exactly. So that's a big difference. So what these individuals are saying is probably a fair question. Oh, sure. But but the only answer is not public or private school to it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And something that um, I think for me, I've, as, you know, a former Waldorf school teacher... Um, the homeschool community was very connected to the Waldorf school community here in Louisville. And so there was a lot of back and forth between those two worlds. And um, so over the years, I've thought a lot about it and just known a lot of people who've done it various ways. And, yeah. You know, lots of students who came to the Waldorf school who were living on farms and homeschooled on farms and they were raising animals and crops and having that experience. So wow. I had a I had a student one time who had been homeschooled all her life and then she decided to come to middle school in a Waldorf inspired middle school that I was um, working in. And I asked her, you know, what's the hardest thing going to be for you about being at school all day like this, even though it's not a traditional school setting? Sure. And she surprised me by saying, I really am not used to wearing shoes. Oh. Yeah. But I thought a lot about the metaphor of that. You know, walking your path Mm. barefoot. (laughs) And now I've got to put shoes on. I thought that was so interesting for me. It was a real teaching for me. She was a wonderful teacher for me in many ways. But that got me thinking a lot. And so together I said, well, let's go on this journey together. You take your shoes off whenever you want, really. You know, to be honest with you, I really don't care if you wear them. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, there's no safety hazards for you not wearing them and... If there were, then sure, of course, when we take the TARC bus downtown, you'll want to wear your shoes. Sure. You know, of course. But anyway, that was an interesting relationship for me about homeschooling. And the other thing was that she said when the baby goats are born in the spring, yay, spring, 
I really don't want to be here when they're be you know, I'm supposed to be home taking care of them. And I said, well, that's fine with me if you do that. But it's also fine with me if you, if they can come here safely, they can come to school. So we did have baby goats at school. Oh my gosh. For a while. You know, and that was something that was so rich and deep and wonderful for all of us. Oh, Michelle. Yeah. And so she taught me a lot about the different environments where schooling takes place. I've thought a lot about that since since she was my teacher. Then yes. you all came along and you were my homeschool teachers, <laughs> teaching me about homeschooling. Mm. And I hear a lot from some moms right now that I know I'm very close to who are homeschooling and have these kind of nagging doubts about, but she won't be social enough, but she's missing out on social this and social that. And I think, okay, so... What are you missing out on socially when you don't go to public or private school? And I think I'm going to narrow it down to public school because private school, as you can tell by my conversation just now, I had options because I was in a private school setting. Sure. So I'm going to just focus on public school and say, what are you learning socially at public school? Yeah, that's a long pause. Yeah. So first of all, you're in a homogenous group with 30 other people your own age who don't know anything more than you do socially. I mean, there's some variances, but pretty much you're all in that same social boat. Sure. So you're learning how to be social from with, you know, looking at models all day long who basically do the same thing you do. So there's not that one room schoolhouse opportunity where you see older kids and they know what they're doing and you don't just see them in the hallway and they're or have them as a buddy you see once a month in a special session yeah so I guess what I would say is that I'm gonna pop that bubble by saying that I actually have concluded that I think that as long as there's socially if there's intentionality behind the social experiences homeschooled kids have, sure. it's actually probably richer and better. Mm. Because what are you learning when all day long you have to be quiet about being social? You have to be quiet when you walk in the halls. You have to be quiet at lunch or you have to talk at level this or that, level one or level two. So you're mm. always monitored socially all day mm. long. You may even be in an environment where you're evaluated all day long socially. You get a red light or a green light for your behavior socially, right? So I would say that I would rather see you in a homeschooled setting where the social interaction is more intentional and healthier and more appropriate. Um, I just don't know what the benefits to a public school, with no offense to any teachers, because it's not the teachers, it's the system. And I feel it may be important for listeners Mm -hmm. just to note that another connection Michelle and I have had in the past is actually doing work Mm -hmm. in public schools. Yeah, So I just want to remind readers, in case they don't know as much or haven't read about Mm -hmm. your background, that you have had extensive experience working in the public schools with students. Yeah, of all ages. Of all ages. 
And I think, and I am by no means, I actually believe strongly in a public school system. Yes. And I believe strongly in public school teachers. This has nothing to do with that. Sure. It has to do with the system and the way it's set up. And yes. the, you know, we have suicides from bullying from our school system. How could we ever say that that was better for kids socially? I just don't know how we can say that. I think for what sure. we can say is that there are, there are issues that remain to be addressed in public schools around social interaction. And I like that homeschoolers are looking at that and saying, that's not what I want for my child socially. Yes. So it's not better or worse. It's different. And I think it's legitimate. So... Both choices are valid. Both choices have merit for various reasons and families have different needs and lifestyles. Sure. So I'm not, please, I just don't want anyone to think I'm judging public schools either. Oh, sure. <laughs> but you do no. have to ask yourself with this. Absolutely. What, so what is the advantage Absolutely. socially to a public school classroom sure. versus a very intentional homeschool setting? And when you start talking about black families, it's just... That's exactly... There's no question. Oh, sure. That's exactly where my mind went just talking this past Friday with a friend who... Mm. Yeah, just... just, Yeah, black mamas in particular in this community who are spearheading these alternative Mm -hmm. educational Mm -hmm. opportunities Mm -hmm. for their children for this very reason. Yeah. So a lot to think about. I mean, a lot to... Yes. peel back and mm-hmm. consider but I appreciate the chance to sort of <laughs> look at this bubble in particular mm-hmm. you know pop this bubble as someone who mm-hmm. I mean and again so many different experiences but mm-hmm. folks would say how was college then you know mm-hmm. how was going to college mm-hmm. and I was able to say I feel like I had an easier time than my peers, to be honest. Yeah, because you didn't have what I call school trauma to get over. Mm. You know? So my college students, one of the first things I say to them is, everything that's happened at school so far is over. You can exhale now. And I don't know what that means and looks like, but I, I can tell you that the stories they tell really pop the homeschool bubble. Mm. The homeschooled students I have, I have pretty many of them actually in, June, in oh, community college. It's really interesting. interesting. And they're like you. <laughs> they say, it's actually, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, it felt familiar, yes, honestly. Yes. The self-directed right. kind of Because it's about more, ideas. It's about engagement in ideas and yeah. self-direction. And, and other people are part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So anyway, I mean, I think that it's a long conversation that can be continued. And and I'm glad Titiana researched that piece so that we could address it today. But it's, um, it's just, I think those are really things worth thinking about as we go forward when we think about school. For sure. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Michelle. Oh, thank you. you. Yeah, it's great that we met because you were homeschooled. It is. Oh my gosh! And who did, who would have thunk? Fifteen exactly. years, sixteen right. years later, yes. <laughs> here we thank are. Thank you, Laura. Yes. Oh, yeah. thank you, Mom. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Uh, 
I wish I could just give you a big hug right now, Mom. <laughs> I need to make sure I tell you to listen to this particular right. episode. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so did you want to, um, should we talk, speak to Cassie's? Yes, please. Really? Yeah, um, speaking of siblings, yeah, for sure. Exactly. So Cassie, yay, she said yes, yes, yes about our last podcast and all that's good and she's thought through a lot of that herself already and is doing really great stuff with her kids. So, you know, um, that's nice to hear her talk about that a little bit. And we'll have to have you come over sometime, Cassie, because you're doing such great things that you're sharing on our page. And you mentioned that you, you, you understand about the peacemaking table idea and all of that, but you find that your, your children still come to you with um, seeking intervention, hmm. even though it's, it, it's not, let's say it's not rivalry. It's not all the things we talked about last week, but it's more that it seems they're coming to you still for intervention. Hmm. And what do you do with that? What do you do with that? And so I think I'll just say a little bit about it, but I'd really love for Cassie to come sit with us and spend oh, a whole podcast yeah, just continuing the conversation with her being here. So, but for all of you out there, I know I, it, believe me, Cassie, I've heard this question. <laughs> I, every parent conference I ever had when I taught kindergarten involved something like this. Oh. So it's, it's a very common question is how do I know when to be involved and, and when not to? Oh. And I think a really, there's a really simple process you can follow oh, that great. I think people will find sort of practical and helpful, I hope. At least parents in the past have told me it really helped them. Great. It's not I'm mine. Listening again. <laughs> it's not mine again. It's somebody else's. And with young children, you have to kind of play with it a little bit. But it's something developed by a gentleman who's no longer with us named H. Stephen Glenn. So H. Stephen Glenn and his wife, um, long story about him, not going to tell it now, but um, sometime we will. Uh, he had a ranch with Um, Only four of his own children and like 18 kids that were foster kids, throwaway kids that nobody else would take. And he and his wife developed processes that helped them live harmoniously with all of these children for a long, long, long time Mm. as they all grew up. And some kids came and went, but you know, it's still, that's a lot of children. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And all of the work they were doing with the kids was based on research he had done and developed. And so suffice to say that one of the pieces of research that came out of his work was something called EIAG. It's a theory of perception. So it's very interesting. Again, this is a whole workshop. I used to do like an eight-hour workshop on all this. So I'm going to do it in five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) But I hope it whets your appetite because it's very powerful. So the E is for experience. I is for identify. A is analyze. G is generalize. Mm. So you can apply that to situations of conflict. Right. So you've got a a child who comes to you and says, you know, so-and-so did this or so-and-so did that. Yeah. And, you know, Cassie mentioned that we say, well, did you talk to her about that? Did you, you know, you're always Mm -hmm. as adults, we're doing that. And that's all that's, there's nothing 
quote wrong with that at all. In fact, that's a very nice, healthy process. But there's another thing you could do. Oh, that's what <laughs> and I'd it, love to And hear. it might be what they're looking for. It might yeah. be if you're getting return visits, it's usually for two reasons. One, they don't get what they're looking for. Or two, mm-hmm. they do get what they're looking for. And that's there's a certain button that they want to push and get a response about. And it's worked really well for them so far. There's something that means something for them in it. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what that is. Um, that's another workshop. <laughs> there are ways to figure it out. But I'm just going to offer you this EIAG that you could do with them, right? So the first thing you do is, you know, um, she took my this and she won't listen to me. I told her to give it back and she won't listen to me. So the idea is now you will go and get her to listen to sure, me. <laughs> yeah, yes. right? Which, fair enough. That's, that's actually a fair response too. But you could say, oh, so what's the experience? You just reflect it back. Oh, so you, so Susie took your game and you want it back. You've asked if, asked her to give it back, but she hasn't. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, Check. Okay. All right. Or not yes. And then you, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, right? You get another that story, yeah. right? And you just keep <laughs> reflecting it back. That's the experience and identify part. Okay. So sometimes young children, and by young I mean anybody who's under the age of, well, actually I mean anybody. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. No matter what your age, even as an adult, you need somebody to do this with you. Aww, <laughs> right? Yeah. So sometimes you just need somebody to say, this is what's happening, or this is what's happened. Okay? And then the analyzed part is, you could say, well, why do you think she won't give it back? Because she's mean, because she's a poo-poo head or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I know. Oh, sure. <laughs> I yeah. had You've five siblings, <laughs> so believe me, and I was the oldest. So I understand all that. But just try to listen in a little bit. Why do you think she won't give it back, right? And then the generalized part is, um, so how do we make use of what we've analyzed to help ourselves in this situation, mm. Right. She won't give it back because she loves that game and you never, you, you've never let her play it before. Or she wants to play it with you, but you don't have time right now or whatever, yeah. you know. So you say, okay, so what can we do about that, right? What, how could we problem solve this, in other words? So this yeah. is that solutionary thinking that I think I talk about a lot in my classes and in my work with parents and teachers, yes. how do you develop solutionary thinking? Well, the first thing you do is you don't solve the problem for a child, mm. right? But yeah. you help them learn to start processing that way. Now, when you're four, sure. the most you can do is what happened, yeah. right? And when you're four, many other things will happen too. <laughs> about what really happened, right? Oh, like, sure. Yeah, you know, you can weave in lots of other things yes. when you're four and five. You're, you know, so as a parent, yes. you just kind of make your way through that, you know, <laughs> and know that that's what's going on developmentally. It's not intentional, sure. right? But as kids get older, if you if they're used to you processing experiences that way with them, where you're looking for solutions all the time, mm. and you're trying to figure out, well, so what really happened there? You know? And really for very young children, that's plenty. Mm. 
they are looking for some kind of validation of an experience they've just had because they don't know what to call it. Yeah. Right? Sure. So it's okay as a parent to say, wow, that must have been... I wonder if that was really hurtful or that was really hard or that was really wonderful or, you know, because you're really echoing some vocabulary now to to help them name Mm. what they're feeling. Yeah. And it's okay to do that. It's also okay to just do that. Mm. You don't have to solve it. Like you don't have to go back to the other child and say, give her that game. (laughs) yeah right right that's helpful to hear yeah you can just problem solve it right and then at the end you say so what could I do to be helpful you know Mm -hmm. how could I be helpful to you what could we do together to make this better yeah right and so this peacemaking table can be the place all of this regularly happens Sure. Yeah, and then, you know, the sister can come over and you can say, hey, what's up with this game? (laughs) Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, what's going on? Exactly. Mm. But this process of understanding perception, this E-I-A-G process, a lot of parents, what they've told me is they've used it to kind of resolve disagreements they have with their children Mm. or even modeling it with their partners or, you know, any situation. That where you can use that yeah. and model that solutionary thinking that you're moving towards solutions and it's okay to process with kids just to process it so that's my response to that initial question of so what do I do when my kids keep coming to me yes. and one time I had a student who kept coming to me about another student and I did this, and I did this, and I did this. And, and then after a while, I was like, still not getting this. Something I'm missing. Hmm. And so I said to the student, you know, there's something I'm missing. Because I know you and I have talked about this a lot. We problem solve it a lot. But it just doesn't seem to go away. And I, hmm. I'm wondering if what I'm missing. And she looked at me and she said, you know, Miss Michelle... I don't really think I want you to do anything. I think I just want you to know. And I said, okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) We're both off the hook. (laughs) That feels so resonant. Isn't that beautiful? It is. It's so beautiful to me when another human being who's in fourth grade can say, you know, I think I just wanted you to know. And so I, I think that's the other thing I thought about when Cassie wrote that I remembered that student and what a great lesson that was for me as an adult <sighs> you know so I offer you those yes. two things in this very short period oh, of time sure. but just know that it's something you can think about if you want to know more about it just contact us on the page and I can give you resources that you could read up on it that's great that kind of thing um so that's there we go wonderful thank you so much I'm feeling like so thank you, Cassie, for following up with the question. I'm, I'm here, like, I mentally know. taking notes, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. folding my... I thought my... that was great. She oh, was like, yeah. but, but wait a minute. <laughs> what yeah, about this? I did all that, Michelle. Yeah. But what about great. this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and yeah. And that's what we need is to keep saying, yeah, but there's... Sure. Just as the child is looking for more. Oh, yeah. You know, you're saying to me... There's more there. There's more to this, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Oh. And we know that this 
this time doesn't give us. Oh my gosh. But we These love that we're 30, planting some seeds. Yes. 30 yeah. minutes is, yeah. feels like, yeah. <laughs> as you said, yeah. just wetting the whistle, you know, just barely yes. touch, breaking yes. the surface. So. And I think that that also is a great approach for parents who are looking for ways to talk about social justice issues outside of the home that kids question. Mm, yes. You know, well, what is that? Yes. Yeah, and how does that serve us? So why did it happen? How did it get there? And then, so what could we do about that mm. as a family? For sure. You know, and then your, your so. solutionaries. It can be really simple answers, too. I so appreciate that because I feel like culturally, uh -huh. et cetera, uh -huh. there's so much of a push to sort mm. of anticipate mm. what your child needs is seeking is, oh. you know, okay. anyway, I know I'm, okay. this is, I can, oh. we can't go down the rabbit hole, but oh. I'm just thinking okay. as you're talking, well, let's go there next time. Then. We'll go there next time. Yeah. <laughs> like what happens when we let them truly lead and uh. the posture is questions, not jumping in to fix it. As you said, yeah. the world isn't quite fixable but there no. are solutions yeah and young children do do not need information that you have no solutions for mm. by the way so that's just a cautionary tale you know the history yeah. of warnings um from cassandra but the that's the the old myth of cassandra and the history of warnings but we don't really have any business processing big things with kids that we don't have something as a family that we can do. And, yeah. and really, we're talking about very simple things. Very yeah. simple things. And that's yeah. encouraging. Yeah. That these are, this yes. is the foundation. Yes, but there's this solutions is the work. Yeah. that our family has decided to act on. So. <sighs> So, so, and speaking much. of solutions. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. So we're going to go yes. quickly. And Mandy yes. is going to take this beautiful story home. And she's such a gifted reader and oh, storyteller sure. with young children. I'm so happy she's agreed to do that. But I'm going to give her this story called The Spring Baskets. Yes. That I used to tell every year, forever and ever. Mm. And it's a beautiful story for a family. Um that's looking for a way to celebrate spring together, but also, you know, these little spring baskets make really great gifts for neighbors Aww. and people who you maybe need some solutions for. Yeah, there you right? go. <laughs> Making right? those connections. Yeah. And so they're very simple. You Aww. just take any kind of a container and put soil in it and sprinkle some grass seeds and watch those sprout up over time and they'll make a nice little grass filled basket, right? Mm. And then you can um, take eggs and color them and put the eggs in. And then this is gonna feel like Easter, but it's really not, I promise. So, <laughs> because eggs are part of the celebration of spring and the sure. return of life and all yes. of that. A seasonal. Yeah, and then you can, as a family, um, or with your neighbors, uh, whatever, just go into your child's classroom and do this and make little spring furry friends with just little pipe cleaners or Aww. draw them and cut them out and put them in there. And maybe if you're lucky, somebody will give you some pansies or some Aww. spring flower to plant in there. So you create this little world of spring oh, in there. And I've seen kids, you know, cut out little families of bunnies, families of squirrels, birds, you know, all kinds of critters 
and put them in their little spring baskets. Oh. With their little flowers and the grass and all of that and the and the eggs and they're really quite enchanting. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Oh and my I gosh. used to make them out at Udell Gardens oh, every spring wow. with kids and oh, it was they were so beautiful. Um, but I also did them as a teacher and as a mom and you know, it's an old old story. And basically what happens in the story is that um, Spring comes to the forest and she's looking for the children Mm. and the bunnies and the squirrels and the foxes and everybody says, well, we just need to make these baskets and we need to get these kids to come outside. (laughs) So that's a kind of a silly way of saying what happens, but it's a beautifully told story about how spring says to the creatures of the forest where are the children i miss them it's so beautiful and i think it's a nice way to you know knock on a neighbor's door and say hey we haven't seen you it's been winter time nobody's been out so happy spring you know yeah welcome back to the to the world (laughs) welcome back yeah welcome back it's a deep going inward you know winter and Welcome back. Welcome back to the longer days and the turning towards the light. And, you know, eventually summer will become crops. And so, you know, I like that as a, a way to, I mean, just making a basket for someone. Yeah. That's solutionary thinking. It is. Because who knows what you would put in the basket? I don't know. Oh, sure. And and by the way, by basket, I mean box. Sure. (laughs) I don't. Sure. Just a little vessel for the soil and the the grass. So I'm going to have, I'm going to give this to you, Mandy. Oh, what a treat. So anybody who wants to to hear the story to do with their children. Yes. And I'll upload it to both our podcast. Wonderful. page as a Great little idea. addendum there you go. or a little there appendix you go. and also our facebook yeah so you can hear yeah. oh i can't wait <laughs> you know. to hear you read it you're oh you're so, so sweet so. oh i love it it's such a yeah. treat for me and thinking about making those connections the social connections too that we were talking about yes. i mean again yes. what right. a lovely thing just this yes. chance to build those yes. in a way that's like modeled for us you know yes. like there's yeah. this whole yeah you can look out our window here production. And see it's all going on it's all going on yeah it's all coming back <laughs> so we come back to and we can count on it we count on it yeah. oh my gosh yeah i had that deep mm-hmm. gratitude yesterday being out in the forest and noticing mm. it coming back felt grateful I could count on that. Yes. And, <laughs> and those are the for words. our children. Oh yes. I thought I didn't say a word, but my kids could oh. notice, you know, oh, yeah. the flowers yeah. coming back. Yeah, the buds. It comes back. Being... Yeah. <sighs> it so. comes back. Yeah. And no matter how far away from ourselves and from what we want for our children that we get, we have that promise. Yeah. Yeah, so I love that too. I do too. <laughs> I love uh, you too, man. And I love you. <laughs> oh my gosh. This time is a gift that's hard to quite capture. It really. is. Yeah. So thank I feel you the all. same way. We both were just so happy to be together. I know. Yeah. So we need to have some of you all come join us and oh, get yes. around this table with us. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you can't get to the table, come April 9th. Absolutely. Please. <laughs> come yes. hang us out. Yes. Hang absolutely. out with us. 
So check keep up to date with updates on that particular gathering, upcoming podcast episodes, etc. Titiana's work, all on Everybody Knows Everything. Yep. Thanks for listening.